Bam, we're live. Marco Calderon. I've been I've I I've been able I've been able to break dance since I was eight years old. You don't lose that. It's muscle memory. All right. You know this guy is amazing. And I'm looking back because I'm looking at my text messages, seeing if he's actually gonna make the show. Because he said he had a little mishap this morning. What a journey this dude's been on. Hey, what's up? Good morning, Heidi Kroom. Hey, good morning, Miguel. Miguel Gravity. I don't. I don't even know the guy's last name. He goes by Gravity in the streets, and uh, I think his mama calls him Miguel. What a cool, cool, crazy story this dude has. I um. Hey, this dude popped on my radar because uh, Brian Wynn, Brian, Brian Wynn, Brian Friend of Be Friendly Fitness went on the uh, CrossFit World Tour in one of his stops. Okay, okay, okay. He's not going to make it. Damn. Okay. Uh, I hope. All is good. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Well, the show's over. No show today. Shit. All right. I'll go back in the house and go to sleep. That was easy. That was easy. Good morning, Slater. Uh, um, um, oh, no shit. Is that really you? Let me see. Let me see what's going on. Let me see what's going on here. I, I met this dude through Brian. I don't know if this is the real Brian. Let me see if this is the real Brian. I'm going to send this over to Brian. And if he um, jumps on, then it was the real Brian. You know, Cave... You were a little feisty yesterday, buddy. You were a little feisty. You were a little feisty, a little feistier than normal. You afraid people are going to find out that uh, old bucket toss of yours wasn't real? Oh, you, it, was, it was a fake. It was a fake. Uh, the complete Avi interview is not um, on anywhere. I've just been like cherry picking the parts to make him look like a stud. You know what I mean? Like when he just says dumb shit, I just cut it out. So I've been just picking the parts where it looks cute as shit. Jake Chapman, Sevy, Philip Kelly's being harassed by a gay man at his gym. What should he do? Um, I don't know what it means to be harassed. Unfortunately, I just thought that the dude's trying to blow him and just take the take the Hummer. Just take one. Hey, dang, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I'm, this I'm is sad that Miguel didn't come on. Yeah, he, he it sounds like he's got some legitimate um shit that just happened. He got he has four at least four kids. You're, the one thing you said his story is crazy. I hope you can get him back on at some point. I will. We'll reschedule. Um let me actually let me ask Susa to do that a, a, ASAP. Uh Susa will get um that you schedule he had he had some horrible shit happen to him as a kid. Yep. And uh 
but he's got some big dreams and ambitions and uh, what he's doing with his kids and for some other kids is really cool. So hopefully you can ha have him on at some point to share that. I was, yeah. I was really impressed with uh, obviously not just his break dancing, but also what he spoke about to the point that I thought you might want to have a, a longer chat with him. Yeah. Oh, he brings up his, he t talks about his journey at the power monkey camp. He did. He did. Wow. Just a little bit. You know, he, they, they did. Uh, his son was there. Oh, is this like, <laughs> is this like live group therapy? No, it's not. It's good. Okay. Say, say what you really want. It's no, yeah, it's, it's live. It's live. It's live. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I just have earbuds in. It's live. Uh, how did you see Carl? Um, was Carl? Does Carl Polly do monkey power monkey camp? Uh, not this time. But I don't but know if he has in the past. Okay, because um, I should have known. Carl asked me one time, Brian, to um, to uh, film some b boy competitions. Because he was, I think he was running or he was training some people in some b boy competitions in San Francisco, and so I I filmed them and then through and then I through Miguel's Instagram I saw that he has relationships with Carl Pally. Man, it's a small world. Yeah, and it was uh, he he brought his son out there. They did some uh, they did like three forty five second or one minute things back and forth. His son is like top ten in the nation for his age division as well. And then uh, he spoke for probably like 20 minutes after that. Hmm. Uh, Chase, you, uh, I sent the, I, I just realized I sent the link in the uh, big chat and then boom, here you are. Where I thought you were doing a sound test. So I was like, I'll hop on for this. Oh, you're a good dude. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a good dude. Where, where are you at right now? Uh, my house, office, working. <laughs> and, and where are you at, Brian? Same. Your I just I was excited because you were having Miguel on, <clears throat> and I knew that we had talked about that. And then uh, he bailed on you, so I tried to bail you out. You're a good. Not dude. that you need it. Not that you need the help, but. And Chase, you're not going to Rogue in any um, commentary uh, capacity. You're going there in CrossFit capacity. Yes, I'll be there Thursday and Friday for the. Flights. Okay, and then Brian's going there because he's a student of the game. I'm I'm going there to work. He's he's on the world tour. Yes, I got my world tour uh, hoodie on here. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, you, you can get them in Rogue, I believe. Is that a world tour hoodie? Let me see. Yeah, the back lists all the stops from the tour, but um, they were uh, there was a pre-sale. I think it's over now, and then there'll be a on site at Rogue. We'll have some too. Oh, that's awesome. You'll have to get there um, early to get them because I, Audrey said she's planning to buy the entire stock. Oh, good. I love that. Uh, Ryan uh, Tangaway, Sevon, you should try and schedule Tyson every Tuesday for a few minutes after each of his starts. He can talk about what happened with the game and break down some film with you so you can learn. Well, thank you. <laughs> hey, that's, that's Suze's job. Don't tell me what the fuck to do. So I can learn. You mean so I could give him a pep talk? Brian, are you a Chicago Bears fan? Have been my whole life, and uh, it's tough. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell me about your first Chicago Bears game. I don't go to a ton of games. My brother goes to like one or two every year. I mean, um, just the first one you watch. Like, were you like seven years old and you walk by the TV and you're like, hey, I like the color of their, oh. their jersey? No, my family is a big sports fan family so they, they you know watch blackhawks watch the bulls we grew up in the 90s and the bulls are obviously amazing 
the Bears were not. Uh, and uh, but we watched all the games, you know. And uh, so I just had a Bears jersey from the time I was, you know, can remember and rooted for them, even though they haven't been great during my lifetime or really ever. Do you sit down on a Sunday and um, and and watch the, and watch a Bears game? I used to do that probably up until I I moved to the Dominican Republic. So like maybe twelve years ago, I kind of stopped doing that. Occasionally, I will, but so far this year, I think I've watched one football game. Do you, do you have you? Oh, so you have watched one this year? It wasn't a Bears game. No. Oh. oh. <clears throat> it was when what? I was with my friends in uh, in Texas, and uh, just for like forty hours, I was there, and there was a Thursday night football game on, so we watched it. Do you watch football, Chase? Oh yeah, every Sunday. Every Sunday, I'm definitely watching the Chicago Raiders game this Sunday. That's well, I feel on, bad because I uh, on one of these. Oh, and then just watch fun. and talk about it. Yeah, I'd do that. I have a, a a guilty moment, and I hope Tyson doesn't take offense to this, but I'm playing the Raiders defense on my fantasy football team. <laughs> what does that mean that you're betting them to win? Uh, I'm betting that a rookie undrafted quarterback on a team that's already really bad probably won't have the best offensive performance so that the defense will score more points for my fantasy team awesome good job chase you're off the show uh he's <laughs> what's great he's coming on tuesday and i am so excited to talk to him so i get i guess this tuesday you guys correct me if i'm wrong this will be tyson bajan's first start right if everything uh, so goes according on yes. tuesday, sunday right oh uh, sorry sunday <clears throat> sunday yeah yeah. And how are the Raiders? Do you guys know? Are they any good this year? Average. They're okay. It's, it's the, NFL, the NFL is always, you know, there's like five teams that are really good, five teams that are really bad, and the other 20 teams are all, it's kind of a mm-hmm. given Sunday thing, and they're one of those 20. Hey, um, I was I watched um uh, Nate Edwardson video recently, and he's like, yeah, I just, I, I haven't left the CrossFit space, but, you know, I pivoted over to golf, and I'm, the, sh- the channel's fucking killing it. And if you go over there, you can see the channel is killing it. He has a clean style. He talks to the camera. His edits are good. He gives you his opinion. There must be people who are out there who are hungry uh, to get golf uh, information, right? His channel has taken off. And he knows what he's doing. And he obviously knows the sport. Why, why wouldn't you do that, Brian? Why wouldn't you pivot to – I bet you if you pivoted to football, you could have a – I don't know. To put it in perspective, here's here's a perspective. Like the NFL, these are some numbers I heard. The NFL is a ten billion dollar a year uh, revenue stream for the NFL, or maybe that was the NBA. Maybe the NBA is a ten billion dollar revenue stream. The WNBA is sixty million, so tiny. But every weekend, ten billion dollars in golf balls are sold. Just that every one weekend. That's what I. Or no, sorry, a year, a year. Sorry, a year, a year. Okay. But sorry, year. Thank you. So just the golf balls alone, golf ball sales alone, match the entire revenue for the NBA National Basketball Association. So the markets are massive, right? You could probably do a show just on balls, golf balls, and get more views than. Do you like any other sports besides? You CrossFit? probably could. Yeah. Do Do you like any other sports besides CrossFit and the frisbee, uh, Brian? <laughs> Oh, I'm, kind yeah. of, I'm being your life coach right now. I'm being your um, – no, not your life coach. Your job coach. Job coach. I have no business being a life coach. Job coach. Job I, coach. Yeah, I like other sports, but those are my, the ones that I'm passionate about. And I also think that it's uh, 
you know, it's kind of cool to hopefully help build something up instead of just jump in with something that's already massive. Do you, do you think you could pivot to football and, and your brain has room for all those dudes and yards passing and reception? Yeah. I mean, what, you know, and, yes, but, uh, I just not like, I have to want to do it and I don't, I don't really want to do that. Uh, um, eat and beaver. That's, I tell my wife that all the time. I have to want to do it. I'm not, I, I, you can't make me <laughs> eat beaver chase. Haven't been able to catch the live show in a while, but still watching the show to get the views. Good. Yeah. Just turn, go walk Thank around you. and turn all the devices. He thinks he's watching get, get with the programming. <laughs> um, I had, I had Adrian Conway on here it's and I asked, great. and I asked him, yeah, he's great. Isn't he? Uh, I asked him if he thought um, Tia or Laura would win, and he and he didn't want to answer. He felt it would be inappropriate as a uh, as the commentator. Uh, Chase, do you have any thoughts on that? Is it inappropriate? Well, they do that in if you're like watch College Game Day for college football. Mm-hmm. The guys that are calling the main games that are on the desk won't make the picks when they do that segment. And I think there's some sense of professional courtesy and unbiasedness and Adrian gave a great, great answer. And it's the, and it's the answer. It says like, if we're broadcasting, we want to be as unbiased as possible. Right. And we try to be, it's as objective as the situation. It's not personal. We're not looking at these people as like people at home. We're looking at them as competitors and athletes on the floor. So I think uh, that is a good call for someone that is doing the broadcast, not to make predictions or picks when it comes to who's going to win or lose. Ryan, what do you think? You're in the prediction business. Would you stop doing predictions if you started doing commentary? Only if uh, the employer that I was working for asked me to. I think that uh, even in you know in the case of Crash Crucible, it was like, it was actually I, I was recognizing this in real time as I was calling some of the action that there are were athletes out there that I have been uh, you know critical of or that I didn't maybe pick to be as high as most people would have expected them to be or something like that. But that just falls to the wayside once the competition starts. Then it's a, it's about what they're doing on the floor. And I think it, as long as I felt confident that I could separate those two things, then I would be comfortable doing it. But if they asked me not to, then, yes, I would just uh, defer to John Young. The, right, right. <laughs> there, there, I, I do get the um, the professionalism component. I get the I get the part where you're like, yeah, I, I shouldn't say. I should I should keep it unbiased. But I also think, I don't know, I, 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 I'm very curious who Adrian thinks is going to win. Well, text him. For the show, for all of us. Yeah. I should, I should, <laughs> Adrian, can you tell – I should have said that. Hey, can you tell me off the air? I, I watch the – Tell him to write it down on a note card, fold it in half, put it in a sock, and then Monday afterwards open it and then show it to you. Oh, perfect. That's good. I like that. Or just send me a text right now with a picture and I won't open the text. Yeah. Did, did you guys watch the um, uh, interview that uh, Lauren and Sean did with um, Tia Toomey? I have not. Yeah, did you watch that, Chase? Not. Oh, you guys should watch that. I think it's a great. I think it's a great interview, and there's a lot of insightful stuff in there. Um, she. This is the first week since the games that I've actually been had a time to start digesting any CrossFit content that was put out, uh, you know, video content or other, or whatever. And uh, I have to, there's been some pretty good stuff that I've watched, but I haven't gotten around to that one. But she doesn't do very many interviews, so it's no. it probably is a good one to listen to. 
No, and and there are some. I I didn't hear good things about it, so maybe that. But when I watched it, I thought it, I actually thought it was great. I um, there are some gems in there. Uh, what stuck out to me, and and I, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I think it, it's important. It's good to have you here, Chase, for this. What I found is very important is, I don't think enough athletes thank the affiliates. So there's a segment at the end where she thanks Bill and Katie for all they've done. And they've done a lot. God knows. I, this Bill and Katie are amazing. She talks about the opportunities they've provided. She talks about uh, the way they treat the athletes at Rogue, all that stuff. But I'm thinking to myself, man, Bill and Katie wouldn't be around if there weren't affiliates. Like the, enti the, the, entire, the entire ecosystem, like anyone can just start doing some math. Like just, just for sake of numbers, just pretend like there's 15,000 affiliates. And then just think each of those affiliates spends $5,000 a year at Rogue. Or there's 15,000 affiliates and 15,000 of those affiliates spends $5,000 uh, a month on rent. And you start – the numbers start going into the billions of dollars mm -hmm. real quickly. And I was just thinking, what do you, what do you guys think about that? I think every athlete should take the time once a week to, to face the East or the West or whatever and, and, and thank an affiliate. Like, hey, this thing does not go forward. This thing dies on the vine without the affiliates, I think, for there's everyone. Just for sake of clarification, yeah. uh, not every affiliate is in California and costs five thousand dollars a month. Right, right, right. Okay, we, we <laughs> you can pick. I pick, pick any number, and, and you know, and, and the number I'm hearing is there's thirteen thousand. Is that rent? That's low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's other That's affiliates low. that have twenty thousand dollar a month. Yeah, rent. Right. Sure. So, mm -hmm. so most of those are in California. So, um, I when, when I think of the the food when I think of the food pyramid, um, I just see the affiliates down at the bottom. Of active, I mean, you could put Greg Glassman down there at the bottom too, but of active, um, functional parts of the ecosystem that generate, you, you know, I don't know what, there's probably a metaphor for how the oceans work, like the warming that causes the, it's the bedrock, the bedrock. Thank you. Yeah. Like, Hey, just say it. And to all the affiliates out there everywhere who are paying your affiliate fees and keeping the doors open. And if, and imagine this, if every affiliate has a hundred members, and those members all pay three hundred dollars uh, or two hundred dollars a month. I mean, the it's so obvious that that is the, like you said, the bedrock. That's 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 the the fertilizer, the sun, the water. None of it exists. Um, none of it exists. This show doesn't exist. And and another part uh, from an affiliate member, you are welcome. Oh, there you go. Good, thank you. Thank you, Sean. I mean, you're welcome. Or no, I say thank you. No, you you are welcome, Sevan. Okay, thank you. Okay, I'm trying to understand the relationship. And then the other thing that I was thinking about is is all the media that's done for free. So there's this kind of like there, there's a little bit of a pool and a little bit of irritation expressed in that podcast with her regarding media that's out there. But dude, all these people are doing it for free and putting their ass on the line. Like, but Brian doesn't have a plan B. I don't have a plan B. Pedro's coming home after fucking teaching second grade in, in a fucking country where it rains 350 days a year. Just <laughs> behind his computer, need a bag of Doritos. And, and, and you, you know what I mean? It's like, so, so I just want to throw those two things. Great interview out there. I, uh, Bill and Katie are amazing. Without, they've, ta they've taken the sport to a whole nother level. But man, you got to thank the affiliates. Because if you just thank Bill and Katie and you don't thank the affiliates or you don't thank the people out there doing the meeting, you're just critical of them, you, you make it seem like the whole thing is just transactional for you. It comes across extremely superficial. 
but I but I but I don't see it. Do you, do you guys have any uh, disagreement with what I'm saying? Anything you want to add to it? No. To that to that conversation. I think the athlete, the competitive athlete, has definitely changed over the last ten years. The what? As far as the competitive athlete, hmm. I feel like they definitely changed. I mean, you look back in the day, and it's most of the people competing at the CrossFit Games or CrossFit affiliate owners or managers of a gym or head coaches because they had the time and energy to train enough to be good enough to go to the CrossFit Games when it was a little bit easier to go. Like, I mean, look at Scott Panchek and Rich Froning and like Jason Khalifa and like all of these guys that basically either opened affiliates once they started being competitive or had affiliates or were coaches and then got in the CrossFit space. And it's just – Travis Mayer, Nick Urankar, Annie Thor's yeah. daughter. I mean – there's hundreds. Right. And so that's where I think Gabe Subri is we, we should play a game, game where we man. see who can keep naming it the longest. <laughs> Brian, you have a name. Right. Right. Graham Spiel. Holmberg had one Spiel. for oh, Graham Holmberg. times. Chris Spieler. Um, Heckenbrook. Conway. Wow. wow. Heckenbrook. Wow. Yeah. And Stacey right. Tovar is an yeah. affiliate owner now. Sakamoto. Yeah, yeah. one of the oldest affiliates in the world. It's it's just different, and I'm not saying different is, is good or bad, but I, I feel like the disconnect there is that you see a lot of athletes in these training camps that are training out of an affiliate, but maybe not with an affiliate. So there's a disconnection there. There's uh, I would like to see that more because it's you're 100% right. It all stems from the affiliates. All. All, all of it. All of it. It all goes away. And, and that's just like all goes away we're talking about the competitive people right? or mm-hmm. even like people in the open. We're, it's only 330,000 people that do the open, but there's millions of people around the world doing CrossFit. And it's because of the affiliates that there are millions of people doing CrossFit. And if it weren't for those people, there'd be nothing. There would be no open. There would be no spectators. There would be no fans. And I think showing appreciation of that where it all does stem from is important and to bring it back to center. The affiliates are the most important thing in the world when it comes to health and fitness, period. And the stronger we can and make them, the more the, we can support the CrossFit them. Games. And it's even more important to the CrossFit Games. Um, it is the most important thing to the CrossFit Games. Who owns the NFL Network? Is it the NFL? Uh NFL Network, yes. owned by the National Football League. Okay, the NFL Network. Okay, because I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the day, there was God. There was it was called something else a, a long time ago. There were these guys that went around with actual film cameras and they filmed, and it was called the NFL. And then I remember when the NFL bought it. This is probably in the eighties. Oh, like 90s. NFL Films. NFL Films. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So there was this other thing that Tia brought up that I thought was interesting, and this is going to be a little harder for me to to share. But do you remember that Donald Trump phenomenon? Like one weekend it was like he grabbed someone's pussy, but then he pivoted to something else, and it was like the, you couldn't keep up and be and and the the press couldn't keep up with the bad shit he was doing because he always did something else bad, and so it kind of ended up being like this thing, like like a tactic, right? always say one more outlandish thing or shocking thing so that the, re- the the stuff you did in the past falls falls behind, right? I know you're wondering, where the fuck is he going with this? 
T, one of the things T pointed out is that she'd like to see more positive media. And I think – I don't know specifically, but it sounded like she was specifically talking about Andrew Hiller because she said something about no rip. She'd like to see more positive media. What needs to happen is that the CrossFit media machine needs to turn on and take that voice and put stuff out every single day to take to do to give that kind of Donald Trump phenomenon. Like if we if there was more if there was more I think if there was more chatter from HQ they would control the news cycle in our space more than than the rest of us are controlling it. I think I think that that's that's like the that's the issue and then they could control the story, the vibe, the mood. Yes. Right? Brian, would you like to <laughs> yes. or or do you like it this way? Part of me is like, hey, shut up, Savon. This is cool. We're just fucking just running the show. Would you like to see HQ get back in the game? Or do you think it's do you think it's 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 working perfectly well? I mean, this was originally the idea in 2018. Hey, we don't need to tell the story. Let the community tell the story. I don't think it's working. Which is funny for me to say. Well, we have much more media in the space because CrossFit got rid of their media team. And so and that we, is that true? Intention. Is that true? I'm not pushing back. I just want to know, is that true? You think that there's more? Cause look at you, look at mayhem, look at Brian, look at shut up and scribble, look at coffee pods. And shut, up and scribble was all, shut up and scribble was already there. And so was mayhem. I like how you right? put your thumb up and it's like giving you a thumbs up. Oh. In video. That's some weird thing you need to turn off. I know. Definitely. <laughs> Sorry. But there's, there's more media in the space and they've, they've grown, right? They may have been there dabbling, but now they, the floodgates are open. It's the Wild West and just go grab what you can and, and promote what you can. What I would like to see is, yes, more stuff coming directly from CrossFit so that all these media outlets have more intentful things to talk about. Mm. Yeah, like control, like what, what's, the, what's on the big story, right? Right. Yeah. It'd be great if, you know, when – Something breaks in the CrossFit space, it's breaking from CrossFit so that when you come on and do a show about it, you're talking about what CrossFit's talking about. Right. There's less assumptions. There's less skepticism. And with all the assumptions and skepticism over the last five years, because of lack of need and transparency, I think it's totally fair to have maybe some type of critical eye when it comes to what CrossFit's doing, especially if they're not saying what they're doing. And what I'd like to see more of is like, us at least delivering the message, not necessarily controlling the message. Controlling the message would be trying to like put out other people's opinions and fires around the world when it comes to media, but at least providing the message so that when you have your podcast about it, it's talking about what they talked about and they're referencing the, the media that CrossFit put out when it comes to that discussion. Like the weekly show we're trying to do where we cover Dave's weekly in review or the show exactly. when, when they came out with the, with the, the sort of – I don't know what you would – the worldwide ranking. What's the thing that CrossFit came out with, the thing that, like, decides how many people you get? Uh, it's a worldwide rankings, and then it affects the strength yeah. of field distribution right. or allocation. Brian and I milked that for fucking a half dozen shows. Well, I mean, I've, I've been talking about that for years before that. But I actually went to – I don't know if I told you this, Evan. I went to the U.S. Disc Golf Championships this uh, two weekends ago with my brother and, and Scott Polensky, who came in town. I like how yeah. Scott Polensky always gets mentioned first and last name. I really Scott Polensky. It's like Snuffleupagus. I don't believe he he's exists, a good. He's a fine. good dude. He's a good right. dude. Right. And uh, uh, through actually the uh, the guy who runs the fittest of the coast that I'll be I'll be working with him in January. He introduced me to someone who's involved with media at the at the United States Disc Golf Organization, and I had an opportunity to to have conversations there with people that were on both the media team and the broadcast team. And both of them 
which were totally independent kind of meetings. I got, and it was really, really nice and generous of them. I just told them, I was like, Hey, I do very similar stuff for CrossFit competitions all over the world. I have a passion for disc golf. I'm going to be attending this one as a fan. I'd love to take, you know, a half hour, an hour and, and just learn how you guys do things. Because my perspective as someone who's been digesting that sport for three or four years now is that they're doing some things that we could really learn from, but I didn't necessarily know what those things were. So I, you know, asked questions based on what I've experienced in CrossFit and what I feel like I've perceived from disc golf. And they both delivered basically the exact same message was that there was this guy named Jeff Spring. And I know who Jeff Spring is because Jeff Spring is the Dana White or the Dave Castro. Like he is the guy who's leading the charge. He's the, he's the, I don't know what his title is, but he's the director of the PDGA or something like that. And um, he has basically taken an initiative to bring a sport that was very widely covered by a lot of different uh, media outlets and bring the best ones together and all buy into the same system. You and I have have reviewed disc golf shows throughout the course of the season or the first half of the season. And we would watch them on Jomez Pro, which was a post-production company, on GK Pro, on Gatekeeper Media. In Europe, they have similar things like that. He has taken in GK Pro, taken in Jomez Pro, taken in many of these media companies slowly over time. He's got the players to buy in. He's got the media to buy in. He's got the um, the community to buy into what they're doing. And and all of those companies still exist in their own regard. They still are called Jomez Pro, but they have a partnership with uh, the, with the Disc Golf Network. They still exist as GK Pro, but they have a partnership with the Disc Golf Network. They still exist as European Disc Golf Coverage, whatever that one is. Um, and it was it was interesting to me that both of them talked about him, the way that he molded their their sport, the coverage of their sport into something where everyone felt like they were a part of the same thing, even though they still had their own identities, and that that was kind of uh, causing everyone to elevate in a in a certain way within that that community. Um, that was that really stuck out to me, and I you know I started you know I was kind of was thinking about it as Chase was talking about that like. If they're like, obviously there's media companies within CrossFit that are doing very well. And I, you know, I even saw like some glimpse of this at the games this past year, right? They invited in Buttery Bros, Craig Ritchie, Savon. They invited in Mayhem, Prove, and HWPO to have partnerships. Now, I'm not exactly, the, the clarity of what each of those things kind of did and how they interact with each other wasn't obvious to me or maybe to most people, but it was kind of happening. It, it, I'm a, I'm a little lost. Is this guy purchasing these different media? I think I don't, I don't know what it looks like on the back end, but basically all of a sudden there was an announcement. Jomez Pro is is in partnership with the Disc Golf Network. <clears throat> so and you're so, saying there's some synergy between all the media outlets? Not not all of them, but between kind of the several of them. Yes. What What's interesting is is, is Tia talks about Tia and Sean talk about that also about how they. I t- they didn't say this, but I took this, that they would like to see better cooperation between all the people. And Sean actually points out that he would like to see, my words, not his, some etiquette in the way it, um, that the athletes are talked about, whether it be formal or informal, he'd like to see it cleaned up. I have to guess that a lot of this is just directed at Andrew, right? The, the, one exa- the only example that they truly give is they say the no rep thing. She says she doesn't find the no rep thing valuable, talking about no, no repping people. But she does talk about some sort of etiquette. I do think that it is interesting. I, I, I mean, Ch- Chase, go think of all the different people that you guys work with, right? Well, wait, wait, I mean, you guys I do a fantastic job doing that. Yeah, I don't want to let that no rep 
comment necessarily go like uh, you know I, we were i was uh, coaching a class at the gym the other day and there was this guy super capable we were doing a front squat three front squats one push jerk as a con- lifting complex that was the workout for the day and he was just coming up two inches short of parallel on every front squat and i know he could do it and so i, I told him i was like dude all, all of those are i didn't tell him it was a no rep but i told him from a health perspective you're shorting yourself of the range of motion that we need more more than anything else right now because we spend so much time in our life sitting down. He appreciated that and he started moving better. And he'll have and if he does that consistently over the, his lifetime of an exerciser, then he'll have better hip function and he'll have healthier later life. Yeah. Um, you know, and and it's like you have to keep in mind what Andrew's talking about at the very foundational level. Level, he's saying. We should be moving well and we should be prioritizing that. And if the sport isn't prioritizing that, then the message that we're sending to the community or any of the fans that are watching is being lost. And if the best athletes with the biggest followings are not meeting the standards that we and it's and it's functional standards, it's not competition standards. Squatting below parallel and open your hips fully at the top is something that everyone should be practicing for better quality of life. And if the best in the sport aren't doing it, then the, the people that are watching them aren't going to realize that that's how they should be moving too. I think also what's happening is these people are public. So you, you went over to your client and said it like the way it should be said in a gym. And some people just don't like the way it's being said publicly, but they don't realize and where they're not giving a little bit of grace is that Andrew tries to make a video every single day. You're a public figure. This is the medium we're using. And so it's going to come across a, a little more, um, harsh. That being said, your guy took that feedback. Well, whenever my wife starts squatting, um, I'll be like, hey, you can go lower. She goes, I'm going low enough. I'm like, no, you're not. I've seen you go way lower. And then, <laughs> and then I keep watching her. And 10 reps later, she's she's way below parallel. And I go, hey, you just did one. She's like, okay, I felt it. We've had that conversation for 10 fucking years. She always starts back saying no. Every hey, time. Seven, and, speaking oh, of 10 years. rep your wife, man. That's, seven, that's do you know what today is a 10-year anniversary of? What? Did, did you read our messages this morning? No, I tried to. I tried to. Ten years ago today, I walked into a CrossFit gym for the first time. No shit. Yep. Where at? In Chicago, CrossFit PFT, Highwood, Illinois. Crazy. Why'd you do that? My <laughs> friends, my friends dragged me there because I was depressed about a woman. I, I want to come back to that because you said something today that caught me totally off guard. Um. Uh... Hey, Seven. I gotta go take care of my daughter. Bye. Thank you for coming on, Chase. Good to see you. Great sound, you, 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 you. And your computer sounds great. Great sound check. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, no, no, it does. It really does. You said you were coming on to do cool. a sound check. I'm telling you, yours yeah. does sound great. Good. Thanks. I I don't think um uh Tia goes on to say that basically she'd like there to be a bit. She she appreciate she wants there to be trust and respect between the athletes so that basically they could be more vulnerable with each other. And, and get out more content. It's it's so interesting. This goes to the professional thing too. This is the big stage, man. People are going to boo from the audience. Hecklers are going to say shit. Like, do we want to go to the next level or do we want to be do, do we want to be petty? Like you almost have to lean in and embrace your enemies. Like it, it has to be more f- I get what she, I, I, on one hand, I get what she's saying, but, but I, but I want to see the effort made from the athletes in the same way too. Hey, we, we had, um, we had Haley, we had, uh, we have athletes leaving like a Haley or a Mal 
leaving the sport to take a break. I, I, I'm trying to think of any other professional sports where I've seen that happen. Does that happen in other professional sports? You ever heard of like a, a, a NFL football player, like taking a, a at the top of their Personal game? Leave. Yeah, yeah. Like I've never Prime seen a quarterback be like, Maybe. Hey, I'm taking that's rare. Yeah. And so <laughs> as we climb, I mean, in, in to some extent, Michael Jordan did that. Oh yeah. I could see that. I, I see what you're saying. After he, he burnt, accomplished a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He was burnt up. And, you know, the people have different uh, opinions about why, but he, you know, basically took two years off from the thing he was the best in the world at. And then he came back to it when he was ready. Uh, Sevon, Brian just big leagued you. No, big dicked me. About what? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, uh, extra sloppy. The media team did a great job at utilizing the games and much, much more. <laughs> To bolster affiliates, we need that again. Good conversations. Okay, good. So, meaning while the games were being streamed, there were lots of affiliate commercials and like trying to talk people into the value of what CrossFit has to offer. I didn't get to watch the live stream this year. It was weird. I was actually. I, I'm not sure if she's talking about this year or historic, like just historically over time or in the past. But um, you yeah, think that's... this is a she? you think this is a she? You <clears throat> use the she pronoun. You think this Look at is the a picture? She? Yeah, I just. I just can't think of a, a girl would use the name extra sloppy. Maybe we don't know the same girls. Yeah, true. Good point. The media team made a great job at utilizing the games. Oh, and, and you you don't you're not even saying it specifically this games. Yeah, it's just saying the way that that sentence is written. I'm not sure. You tried any peptides yet? I have not. You want to try some peptides? What do you think that I would uh, use I them for? CJC twelve nine five. Yeah, yeah. What what would be the uh, purpose for me to use them? And and uh... so your skin would have this like soft glow appearance, like mine did. Your aches and pains would go away. You don't like my skin? No, you have great skin. Let me know. CJC twelve nine five. Uh, Miss Riddell. All right. Uh, straight into Brian Friend part two. <laughs> Well, that leads me to my next question. Your fitness journey was hard. Mine was easy. Did you say your fitness journey was hard? Going from 135 to 170? Like, what's he talking oh, about? Oh, it's really, did... really, it was, it was really hard for me to gain weight. Um, I have not, I wouldn't say that my fitness journey was necessarily hard. The, probably the, the worst thing as far as CrossFit is concerned is that I just didn't have good coaching early on. And I, and part of that was on me that I wasn't like really uh, receptive to it. I was just kind of going to the gym and, throwing down with my friends and competing and, and pushing. And I, uh, it, it was like, so that was 2013 uh, October and probably it was 2016 CrossFit games where I realized that I was, I had pretty poor movement quality. And so I kind of had to go back and, and attempt to reverse a lot of the bad habits that I developed. Um, so that was maybe the, and then around that same time, I, I decided that I wanted, like, I got back up to 150 pounds pretty quickly, but I couldn't get, really gain any weight from there. And so I made a concerted effort to try to gain weight. And I gained those 25 pounds over like a five year period of time. You walked into the gym 10 years ago today, weighing 135. Mm -hmm. Is that the least you'd ever weighed as an adult? Yeah. And part of it was just because I'd been living in the Dominican Republic where the, you know, the diet was pretty sparse. A lot of the chicken rice, lots of and, diarrhea, crazy diarrhea. Well, the body adapts to, you know, and, and it learns how to process a variety of different foods and diets if that's what you give it regularly. And what do you weigh now? 175. 
That's 40 pounds, if I'm doing the math correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, in college one time, I did um, MDMA for a month straight, and I dropped to 137. And I basically... From, from what? Just, I just stopped eating. I just no, no, lived, what, what did you weigh previously? Oh, I don't know, 155. Okay. And at one thir- basically at 135, you're not eating. You're just not eating. <clears throat> I was eating. I just was. But you ate like a like a banana a day. It's like one banana. No, no. No, I was eating full meals. I was eating, you know, whatever they were providing down there. It's just uh, I was running and swimming for exercise because we lived on the you know in the Mediterranean, right on the coast, and I uh, was walking around active all day and no no lifting weights. So I had you know the only the only like uh, muscle I had uh, that it was like well defined at all was my calf calves which always have been other than that i was just like super super skinny is is this the heaviest you've been your entire life uh i was up to i was up to about 180 like a year maybe a year ago um i got sick i lost like 10 pounds and then i was able to put five of it back on but i like i have to try to gain weight um and it's and it's and then like you know as as most people who've experienced an attempt to gain or lose weight over time will know that there's a difference between putting it on or taking it off and then building a sustainability, sustainability, sustainable life at that new weight. So like I could get up to, you know, 180, but I couldn't keep it at 180. Like then it took me another like several months to be able to maintain that. And actually I haven't been able to maintain 180. Would you want to? Maybe. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy right now with like my overall strength and, uh, you know, the balance of comp- or composition of my body. How tall are you? 5'10". That's crazy. 5'10", 175. And I, I, the, the, the idea that of, of, of trying to put on weight and not being able to is like unbelievable to me. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of people are like, uh, envious of you know because most people have the opposite experience but yeah with, uh, you know what john young and jr were talking about this morning it's like no that's like it's a real problem like it's re- there are people like me that gaining weight is is just as hard or harder than it is for people that are you know attempting to lose weight and even though it's i would say i'm grateful that i have the this problem as, as opposed to the other one it doesn't mean that it's not frustrating and challenging uh heidi Kroom, uh brian is six feet tall on <clears throat> tinder are you Heidi, you can't be on Tinder anymore. Uh, Sean Lenderman, I struggle to stay under uh, 230. Jeff Birchfield, 220. Wow, Tess. Look at Tess sitting on the podium. Look at the person in first place. He's got like their, gro- their clothes in a grocery bag or something. I went from 96 pounds to 196. Dude, you know you can't give blood at 96. You're too little. Yeah. I went from 96 to 118 pounds in six years of CrossFit. In a bit like percentage basis, that's a very, very similar experience to what I've had. <clears throat> 22 pounds. Dude, that's like one fifth of her body weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's crazy. I wonder what this is in reference to. Uh, Jackie, UFC is a competition, but you can go to a BJJ gym or boxing gym or MMA gym, et cetera. You can go to any gym and do CrossFit too. You can go to some gyms and do all those things. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Myers, I completely get it. I cannot gain weight forever at 160. Wow. 
So anyway, anyway, this is uh, for for people like that that are wondering how did I gain the weight. So it took me like I was gaining like five five pounds per year basically, and my I pretty much just like stopped running, and and so I was lifting every you know like tw- you know twice as much. I was trying. I had a lifestyle where I could like um, sustain that. I could get enough sleep. I could eat, rest, whatever. And I was so I was just lifting up more, and uh, and then I just started eating a lot. So I was trying to eat. <laughs> A minimum of 3,000 and trying to get to 4,000 calories a day. It's pretty difficult to do that while also eating like the prescribed CrossFit diet. So, and I didn't, I never was really a big fan of drinking carbs. So I was, I was eating, you know, tacos and pizza as like the last meal of the day, a lot of days in addition, after eating, um, you know, steak and rice and eggs and, and oatmeal and stuff during, you know, the majority of the day just to get extra carbs in before bed. And then, calories in before bed and then go to a you know go to sleep and uh but it still took me a while to do it and uh now i can eat like eat much more normally and maintain this weight but um the the crazy thing is like i went to like you mentioned i went to power monkey camp and i had a big conversation with chris inshaw there and he basically said dude you're just like me after watching me in his class for you know two hours he's like you're never going to be strong you have 80 percent slow twitch muscle fibers and that's just how it is so like even though i was lifting all that like I was lifting a lot more. I bear like my, my bench press, my back squat, my deadlift, like they never really went up. I just became stronger at percentage based weights. I can't really push those, those upper numbers. Cause I just, that's just my body. Um, were you, are, are when you say uh, push those weights, can you, there was this guy I used to work out with and my max bench press was 185 and his max bench press was 220 or something. This is forever ago, but I could out rep him with 135. Right. So that's uh, that's exactly what he's talking about. And and if you've actually if you've listened to him over the years, the athlete that is the the elite athlete that's most like that was Julie Fouché. So she could not she could not compete on the one rep maxes, but even at like 90, 95 percent of her one rep max, she could yeah. cycle it better than anyone. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, my I, I think my my max deadlift, I did 15 for 15 reps, but I could never do more than that either. It was crazy. Actually, the, the heaviest bench press I've ever done was in a competition and it was a three rep max bench press. I PR'd it and did it for two more reps. So, so. yeah, that's crazy. Wow. That's interesting. Fascinating. Slow twitch. I don't feel like I'm slow. Do you feel like you're slow? I don't feel slow. Yeah. But I, I guess I don't know what twitch. it like. You there's do? like when I do Fran, I'm mm-hmm. there's guys that finish the 21 thrusters in, uh, in like, you know, 25 seconds or something like that. Yeah. And I'm on like rep 10. Well, I know I'm slow based on other people, but I mean, I don't feel slow. Like when I look at my cleans or whatever, like I've seen people who just are slow, like they're like almost like they're trying to control the movement. They're not willing to. They're not explosive. Well, look, when I was 15 and my brother was 10, he could beat me in a 10 yard sprint because I was just slow off the line. I've always been slow off the line. Interesting. But, but anything over, ten, you know, 10, 10 yards, I could I could beat him. And the farther, the better. Uh, Tank Reeves from Canada. Uh, World War Three is live. Oh, I, that's cool. OK. God, I hope it doesn't come to the USA. Uh, United States lies about wanting peace and veto it just before. $100 billion to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. People are still dying from the clot shot. Thank you. Oh, thank you for the, uh, for the money. What a great picture that one is. Like, it looks like Ursula from Little Mermaid. God, I hope a war doesn't break out over in Taiwan. Do you know about Taiwan and their semiconductors and all that? No, I... Um... For better or worse, I kind of uh, started tuning that stuff out about 10 years ago. Hmm. 
Look at Sarah Cox. I will send you a peptides package, Brian. Hi, Sarah. Peptides. Very curious what you'll think of them. I've been intrigued. I've I've spoken with some people who have used them, and uh, and the results are quite profound, from what I understand. Very effective. Yeah, crazy. I I, I tried to get my mom. To, my mom told me her foot's bothering her. I'm like, mom, peptides. But she won't listen to me, so I told her to ask her doctor. I wonder what doctor would say about them. You know from your experience with uh, with doctors and CrossFit that uh, just because one doctor says something doesn't mean all doctors will say it. There's probably at least two or three different uh, camps of doctors that would give different recommendations. I know. Maybe the doctor she goes to that won't give her any of those recommendations. Dude, it's, it's crazy. Like I never really go to doctors. But I, when I was coaching in Chicago, there were like four or five doctors or, or nurses that were members of the gym. And when I would, you know, get sick or something would happen, I would reach out to a couple of them and they wouldn't, the information was never consistent. One person would recommend something else, you know, something, the other one would say something that was like sometimes the total opposite of that. So I don't know. My last trip, my last trip to the doctor, they gave the guys like, I started asking about fasting and autophagy just to feel him out. He had, he knew nothing about fasting. He didn't know what autophagy was. And uh, by the way, autophagy is the when you start fasting, your body starts eating itself. <clears throat> People who don't know what it is, and um, he's like, "Hey, if you want to be healthy, just follow this." And he hands he goes to this printer and he prints out a packet. And one of the first things up there was said was always cook with canola oil. I was like, "Oh my goodness, oh my <laughs> goodness, yeah." You're you're headed off to Rogue soon, tomorrow. No, no, no. no. Uh, next, week. next Wednesday. I got my weeks confused. And then, and then we do a show on a, Tuesday. I said I will be seeing you again prior to leaving. I'm pretty excited for that one. Yeah. I think it. Have you guys already put it on the schedule? I wonder how heavy I could get. I think it is on the schedule. I, I wonder how heavy I could get. I wonder if, I, like, I saw this meme the other day and it said, um, God, what did it say? Uh, should Fitness. I wear a wife beater to that show? Yeah, that would be awesome. Do you own wife beaters? <laughs> no. Oh, that would be awesome. Maybe if I send you some, will you wear it? Up. <laughs> what? Yeah, I got to intimidate Mr. Young. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I um the the most I ever weighed was 182 pounds, and I was trying to bench 225. And I was eating everything, and I was taking as much creatinine as I could, and I was just going nuts. I still I never benched 225. I never got it. And you then said that 185 was your max. Well, that was then, but 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 uh, but since I've gotten 220, but oh, okay. but um, I just wanted to put both 245s on. You know what I mean? Just just wanted to, and I never did it. But I saw this meme the other day, and it said something like, "My fitness journey is constantly working hard, and always being 10 pounds heavier than I want to be." I'm like, oh, that that sums it up for me. But you've never even experienced that. Have you ever been so heavy? Have you ever been too heavy? Have you ever been like, I need to be lighter? You've never experienced that? Uh, no, I mean, what, so when, when I have been over these past several years, when I gained the weight, I do notice the impacts like on gymnastic skills, for example. Yeah. So then I won't, I won't go beyond that weight until I can regain the same capacity of gymnastics that I had at the previous weight. That's kind of okay. how I monitor it. So I didn't, I'm not, I'm not wanting to do that. 
So if so if you have ten strict pull ups and you and then one day you go out and you only have nine, you'll be like, oh, I need to lose a little weight. No, I need to practice moving this new weight through space more. Okay, to get stronger. I need to get stronger before I put on another five pounds. Mm-hmm. Allegra R. Uh, CrossFit wants to grow the affiliates, but doesn't leverage Tyson Bajan talking about CrossFit on the Bears press conference. I've said thought. Uh, welcome back, Brian. I've said so much about that. I don't. I, I. Do you have any thoughts on that, Brian? Did you see the clip that he said? Oh yeah, of course. It's beautiful, isn't it? His yeah. dad was an affiliate owner, and he's it's been, a, that kid's know. been doing CrossFit since he's been a little kid. Go ahead. Yeah, and it's gaining a lot of traction on a lot of different uh, platforms, and you know, people that that quote and a written quote and spoken quote are and uh, Andrew's keeping track, so you can see. <laughs> Mr. Hiller is keeping track. Yeah, I, I all you need to do is go over to their YouTube station and you can see where they're at with their media. And it 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 screams uh volumes. So um Ernie, where's Ernie? Uh I'm Sevon's height, maybe an inch shorter. And haven't been able to get heavier than 152. Went down to 138 in Europe, and three weeks back, I'm at 142, slowly but surely. I bet you I'm 170 right now. Really? I think so, I would guess. I've been eating like an asshole. You have been? Yeah. Are you? Well. I mean, not relative to like the rest of America, but you know what I mean? Like heavy cream and like for me, like assholes, like heavy cream in my coffee. Delicious. Ate a piece of pizza. Yeah, did you ever try that to put on weight? Just shitloads of heavy cream. Uh, no. Do you like heavy cream? Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Do you use it every day? No, I just do whole milk in my coffee. Oh, Brian, are you too what? cheap to buy uh, heavy cream? I, I don't know. I like it. What? I, I just like it. Whole milk? Yeah. No. You don't have to like it. No, but you don't like it either. Let me explain it to you. Have you ever had have you had heavy cream in your coffee? Yeah. Are you drinking a pitcher of something? What's your cup? It's just water. Oh. oh. Um why would you ever put whole milk over um heavy cream? I don't know. Oh, that's gotta end. That sounds like I feel like you're doing that to try to save money. No. Uh, the flip side is that if Tyson bombs, CrossFit may be blamed. No, no. <clears throat> Listen, it was so crazy the journey he took to get there. No one's going to blame uh, CrossFit. Nobody. Any other any other um, topics? It was nice of you to come on today. I watched um I watched the the thing that Will made following Crucible. Oh, dude, crazy response that's getting, right? What I what I uh, actually what I realized watching it is how nice your voice comes across when I don't have to look at you. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is uh that's a, that's a, quite the uh, observation. Yeah, this is well, I just realized every time we do these things I'm actually looking at you. And it's different to listen to someone when you're not looking at them. And I, I, mean, I, I really thought that your voice came across very good for, for that. Uh, I'm in that this. 
Yeah, there's voiceovers of both of us. It's yours is probably it's right towards the beginning. Anytime there's a, a competition thing, <clears throat> and you sound great. Now I just need to learn the names of the athletes. Oh my god, when you gave me the heat list, that changed everything for me. This is the crash crucible, crash crucible finale, a drama featuring James Sprague, Colton Mertens, Fish, Hatfield, Coot. Coot. I still have Coot on my Coots. desk. Coots. 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 Still have the bird on my desk. Uh, he asked me about that. He's like, why is everyone calling me a bird? Coots. And um, and this totally caught me off guard that Will made this. I wonder why Will made this. I talked to him. I talked to him. I talked to him at the gym two days ago, I think. I saw him there in Charlotte. And uh, he was like, yeah, he's, I think he spent like 14 hours working on it. And he he's like turned into like a budding filmmaker. Like that's what he's doing. He's already like good at it. Dude, he's he's super so talented. Yeah. This is um this is already has six thousand views from three days ago. Yep. It's crazy. He owns a camera. Yeah. He does I mean he does all that content for SMTP. Damn, Pedro's running this. Pedro got yes, the first yes, yes. three Let minutes. Play it, play it. Go back and play it. He looks out for everyone. And Actually, go back like 10, go back like 10 or 20 Anyways, seconds from here. This is the most profound thing that just, was said in this. And dollar amount per... Yeah, like I wonder if you buy a one, is it like $5? If you buy a one and a zero, this. it's $10. And then if you buy a one zero zero, you get the other zero free. <laughs> buy buy two get one. Um, I I don't think it's cheap, but the thing about Jr. is if he takes in hypothetically, if he takes in like twenty thousand dollars for this competition, thing. it's like literally your account will be like incoming twenty thousand, outgoing twenty thousand, and five dollars probably. Yeah. Like he doesn't take anything he gets; he puts in, and you can see it with all the equipment he has, the flooring, the layout. The judges, I haven't heard any volunteer, any person that's here, or any person that's like giving up their time to be here. I haven't heard anybody complain about like, oh, this is bullshit or whatever. And you always hear that at events. Pause it. Um, pause it. So that. he looks out for everyone. Did, did you hear that? What he just said? No, Peter, something about that. You always hear what at events? <clears throat> Peter goes to a lot of events. He talks to a lot of people when he's there. And whether, and what he's basically saying is whether it's volunteers, judges, athletes, fans, there's always people complaining about something at events. And he didn't hear that. The entire time he was like crash. No one complained about the event. No judges complaining. No volunteers complaining. No athletes. No fans. Everyone like Jr. has created an environment for those competitions in which everyone is satisfied with the experience. That's really rare. Hey, why do you think Jr. I don't know if you're gonna like this conversation. If you even if you don't like this conversation, let's talk about it. Force yourself to talk about it, okay? Just force yourself. Ready? Okay. <laughs> Just force yourself. <laughs> I want to ask you about the COVID injection. No. Uh, why doesn't... Just pretend like this is me and you on the phone talking, okay? Why isn't JR coaching um, Jason Hopper? What the fuck um, is going on? Let's speculate well, about know, that. There's a difference between programming and coaching. 
I know, but like Jr. is going to be like, oh, it's because you know, like you know, you, every time you talk to J, let me ask you this: when you get, when you talk on the phone with Jr., what is the reason you get off the phone every single time, hundred percent of the time? Either he's coaching a class, or he's got to go take care of his kids. Yep, for me, it's always his kids, always his kids. Listen, he's, which is fine. I, mad respect for that. I like that, and it's abrupt. You'll just be in the middle of the conversation. Got to talk to my daughter, and then he just hangs up. <laughs> Um, that the only other person I know who really does that just hangs up on me regularly would be Dave Castro. Like just in the middle of conversation, he's done. I could just tell he's done. And he just, hello. The first podcast that, that, Oh, the only podcast I ever did with him was you and I at the, at the West coast regional, you asked him a question he didn't like, and he goes, all right, see you later. Just got up and left. (laughs) Take off his headphones gone. Why can't he, why can't he should be coaching? I know he has his kids and I know he has his gym and I know he wants to do competitions, but he, I think he, he needs to, I think there's, I think he needs to coach Jason. I think Jason needs to be a, a, a Jer Howell athlete. Jared needs a games athlete. I guess he, he does have a games athlete. He had the lady yeah. in the adaptive division. I, what's her name? Noel Henderson. Yeah. Why does Noel get him and Jason doesn't? She she wants him. She asked him. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what that uh, relationship is like. If he's uh, programming for her, if he's just, you know, uh, in a he's just there at the gym when she's working out a lot and and gives her feedback or talk strategy with her about different workouts or whatever. But um, I'm sure he and well, I'm would sure he like and Jason. See, would you like to see Jr. coach Jason? I think yeah. I think it'd be cool. I think that'd be good challenge for both of them. It'd be fun, right? Do you want a games that yeah. would you take on a games athlete or would you have a bunch of excuses too? You'd be like, no, I, I have commentating to do and I can't give it my all. And if uh, so, if someone asked me, I would, I would just probably explain to them very clearly, like, this is what my life is like. <clears throat> this is my availability. And if it's still something they are interested in, then let's, uh, you know, then let's talk about it from there. Uh, Jeremy world. There was someone complaining from masters athletes about performance scoring. Oh, I was athlete. hoping, I was hoping Jeremy would be here to keep us accountable. Listen, listen, the, all the ma- masters athletes are born complaining. As soon as you turn 35, you start complaining. You get two complaints per day. That still is negligible. You know, what was cool is that the, you know, the experience that the athletes that I spoke to about the performance scoring was vast. A lot of the athletes there have competed at crash before, and a lot of them competed last year. We had a Z-score last year, similar idea. And then there were athletes who were competing there knowing that there was performance scoring. And part of the reason that they went there was to experience that or because they thought it was cool and they wanted to experience it. And then there were other athletes that went there to, to do the competition that didn't didn't know that was a scoring system, and they found out about it some in some cases very harshly on day number one, and they got zero points on one of the two events. And I was able to talk to a couple of each of those either during the competition or afterwards. And, uh, and it was cool. The cool thing about it was the open-mindedness is that people, like even athletes that I, I actually think are quite intelligent and were asking critical questions about the scoring, they were genuinely listening to me and Tyler as we gave them the answers. And I wasn't trying to sell them yes or no on this. I was just answering their questions to say, this is, this is what's happening. And, and this is why, this is how we used to do it. This is how we do it now. This is why those athletes have zero points. This is why the gap here was this compared to that. Um, and I actually, if uh, you know, I, I put some examples into the 
World Tour Memoir Stop 9 that I wrote about Crucible, where I, I actually broke down some of those um, examples from the competition uh, with regards to some of the top athletes in the in the um, in the event. Why do they care if they get zero points? Like, if you get zero <clears throat> points in performance based scoring, you were only going to get five or ten or twenty points anyway. I mean, like you're it's, at the it's bottom not of they, the fucking heap. What they what they what they were upset about is that they they got the same number of points as someone that they did better than. And what we're but what we're basically saying to oh, them is oh, neither oh, of you, oh. neither of you were good enough at that thing to register any points on the scale relative to your competitors. You guys were, even though, yes, yeah, you were yeah. a little better than that was me. That's a great explanation. Thank you. I didn't think I was going to understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I still you know, beat someone. Why don't I get something? Why do I, like, why am I? Basically what it's that? saying, you know, and, and basically what we're saying is that, no, you weren't, yes, you did beat that person, but neither of you were good enough to register on our scale. The, the uh, comp competition you went against was so much better than both of you. That you know, you, the only option for you is zero points or negative points, and there are some people that have suggested that we have um, negative points. Uh, no disrespect, but he's not Matt Fraser. Maybe Jr. doesn't have time. I don't know. I don't understand what you mean by he's not Matt Fraser. Of course, he's not Matt Fraser. Are you suggesting that somehow being named Matt Fraser makes you a better coach than if your name's Jr. Howell? I don't understand. <clears throat> Explain. So what I'll say about uh, about Matt Fraser is as a coach, if you are interested in pursuing. The like the, if you, the elite level of com competition. If you want to get better at the smallest margins of the elite things that happen in this sport, I'm not sure that there's anyone better than Matt Fraser to coach those things. But it comes at a price. What Matt what Matt requests and or demands from his athletes is a lifestyle that I don't think very many can sustain. He could do it. He had a perfect setup for that. Um, I could do it. No, you cannot. Yeah, I could. I don't think you'd be willing to give up what you'd have to give up to do it. A hundred percent. I would, I don't even, I didn't understand any of J Jason's pushback. I couldn't, I couldn't empathize. It, it was, um, I could, I heard it, but I couldn't empathize. I, I would not need to be, I, I, I would never go to push. I would never push to be games athlete and be worried about what my mom thinks. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't oh, put that's God. Not what I wouldn't, talking about. Or, or not my, my, my mom thinks what my wife thinks, but I also wouldn't, sorry, go ahead. What were you talking about? <laughs> What what do you think he does? The only thing I can't do is I I can't go to the pain cave. But all the all the nuances are the easy parts. Sit in your room all day. Come out and just train. That is not easy for everyone. Oh, well, that's the part I don't Jason, understand. Jason, or, or, to my to, to me, Jason, he needs friends. He yeah. needs fun. He needs to play right. mini golf. He needs to play Monopoly deal. He needs to have people that he can just joke around with. And when yeah. he was living in Vermont, he had his wife, mm -hmm. and he had the gym, and that was yeah. about it. You yeah, know, he didn't have those other elements of his community. And, and you know, Mal O'Brien, same thing. Like, she came from a place where she knew a lot of people and she had outlets. And when she's gone back there since, you can, it just feels like she's having more fun in her training because she's having more fun in her life. You know, Matt was, and, and, and it seems like maybe he always has been this way, but like he thrives in an environment that's very small, you know. He, I, I used to just sit in a room for days and just fucking draw at Jason's age. And you know what I would do if I was Jason? And I'm just saying, I'm, uh, this isn't a discredit to Jason. And, and yeah, I, you I were hear high you the whole day. I, I, maybe. I, I would um, uh, I would just read scripture all day and ask God for guidance. I, I don't think that that'll, that'll satisfy his. Right. What his, what his just like neurological body wants and needs. Right. I, oh, God. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't like your description. 
what if I what if what about this? Did, did you watch that podcast? I have not. Okay. This was my takeaway from it. I was thinking about actually calling Jason and telling him this. I feel like he's putting God between him and his goals instead of using God to get to his goals. Possible. I don't I, I don't feel like I can speak intelligently on that in, on his behalf. Yeah. It, it was interesting. Like, instead of like, dear God, give me the power to make it through this, it was like, hey, I need to put God first. Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. I mean, don't, but, but, but also like, you're, I, I, I openly admit that like, I can't understand that, 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 um, not want, I mean, you, could you do it? Do you like being alone? I think you could do it. You love being alone, don't you? I, sp I have spent a lot of time alone in my adult life. Um, but I, you know, I, I always feel, I would say like, I also enjoy having, you know, social outlets. So, yeah, it's not like that. There's amazing disc golf here, but I don't have any disc golf friends. So yesterday I wanted to play disc golf and I just went and played by myself. And, you know, I wish I had some friends that I could invite to go play with me. Uh, cause Jared cares about his affiliate and being a dad more than Jason. Fine. Then care about Jason more. I want to see. I want to see him coach Jason. Oh man, there's a horrible question in here. Do you see it? Can you see the comments? Jeez, I could if I wanted to. I'm not looking at them. Yeah, there's a horrible question. Matt Burns, that is a rotten question. And I usually don't think there's any bad questions. I did. I did. I do think uh, Jason did seem. Like he's gone through quite the transformation. He told me before he goes, I've bloomed and he clearly has bloomed. Right. And, and I'd, I'd never understand the emotional wise or as an athlete, our, our, uh, his skills in articulating what he's thinking and feeling, or, or maybe he's just thinking and feeling more. Maybe it's not his articulation skills that grew. Maybe he's just feeling um, and, and, well, that means thinking more. I haven't uh, studied this on my own, but supposedly the male brain especially continues to develop all the way through 25 years old. So, you know, I, I had thought the exact same thing when we had Colton Mertens on the other day. I'm like, man, talking to this guy is so different from when we talked to him three years ago. He said that he made a concerted effort to come out of his shell when he comes on podcasts. But, and, and, and that might be true, but it also might, maybe, and I, I'm not an expert in this. It might just be that he's, he's, he's developed mentally or his brain has come along to a new, to a place where he can tap into that more easily. There was this thing that Jason said yesterday that I just absolutely loved. I was having trouble. Basically, he was saying he's emotionally in a bad place. And then, like, and then, like, my little inner voice was like, you fucking pussy. And I was like, can you explain that to me? And when he explained it to me, like, I fully fucking got it. And I was so appreciative of it because I didn't get it at first. Basically, he was saying, hey, I worked six months nonstop singularly focused on on uh, performing on on this particular weekend called the crossfit games and in return i didn't get what i wanted so it's like on prom night when he walked the girl to the door she didn't kiss him he's like fuck i worked six months saved money rented the limo got the tux i didn't even fucking get the kiss right and so, so he's so like he's hurt. He's like emotionally hurt that he put that much work into getting something, and it didn't work out. So he's gun shy 
to, he doesn't want to do the same thing again and again. He doesn't want to go back to that and get the same results. So now he's working out two hours a day and, uh, and he's going to show up to rogue and see what happens. And I like, I fully got it like that, that, that I don't even think like, I fully got it. Well, this, I mean, he's not the first person that's, uh, that's pursued that. Think about all the, all the athletes in recent years that we know are training, <clears throat> no, one to two hours a day, most of the days of the year. Yeah. And then after qualifying for the CrossFit games, they'll ramp that up a little bit. And, yeah. and I'm talking about like, you know, Stacy Tovar. I'm talking about uh, Ariel Lowen. I'm talking about, you know, people that are having success in their, in their divisions at the games and they're not doing four, six, eight hours of training, you know, all year round. Uh, I don't think that I personally don't think that that's necessary for most of the top competitors. The more that I've spent around, the more that I've talked time that I've been around them, talked to them, observed it. Um, you know, that's not, that's not sustainable. I don't think that's physically sustainable over a long period of time. If they have a really specific body and lifestyle set up to be able to do that. Yeah, that, that too. I was just more focused on the fact that it, what it means to be emotionally. <clears throat> I mean, you know, Olsen has talked about this. Wounded. He's like, yeah. when I'm competing fun and I'm, ha when I'm training and competing and having fun, I generally do better than when I'm like training and competing with a very serious mindset and focus on a, on a singular goal that I may or may not achieve. And I think we had Brent Fikowski on a couple of weeks ago and he talked about this. He said, I, I had to learn to, and athletes all have, have, will have to learn to separate their performance from their ranking. You could go there and, and actually Lydia Fish spoke about this too. And when we talked to her is like her, her proudest moment from crash crucible was her worst event finish. She's 19 years old and she's already figured that out. Wow. That was Lydia Fish said that? Yeah. You had her on your show? Same one as Colton. Yeah, she came on towards the end. Oh, you had two on one show. Look at you. Mm -hmm. Sevan, can you accept that other people aren't like you? <laughs> I need more water. <laughs> Questions making my mouth dry. <laughs> um, barely, barely, just barely, just fucking barely, just barely. I'd like to explore that more. Do I, maybe I need a therapist. I'm sure there's Just, a good therapist out that you could invite on one of these morning shows. So you guys could have a, a little public talk about it. That'd be cool. About my inability to think that anyone thinks differently than me. Joe Westerland, training full-time is the hardest J-O-B. In fact, in fact, Brian, ready? This is why all the elite OCD, ADHD are some flavor of TISM. So the you know and it's this it's just this uh, this thought about um, <clears throat> you can still spend eight hours a day as a professional athlete, but what you're doing during those eight hours of the day doesn't all have to be in the gym. If you can have two hours in the gym, three hours in the gym during the day that are and where you're feeling great and maximizing that time, then you can take the rest of the day to do the things that you need to to feel great to maximize the time. The next day, cook your own food, eat it slowly. 
get it, you know, take a nap, get 10 to 12 hours of sleep during a 24 hour cycle, eat meals at the right time, go on a walk, you know, spend some time in the sun, all, all these different things. And you can do those without stressing about, I have to do this and I have to do, and I have to do this. So I, you know, and I, and I would say that it's a difficult job for sure, but um, I think there are different ways to manage it. And I think that a lot of athletes and coaches are exploring those, especially people who've been doing it for a long period of time. They're trying to find those different, uh, different balances and seeing, because their their capacity is there, so they could do it. They could be in the gym for six hours, but I don't. I think some of them are starting to realize they don't need to do that year round. Um, you know, when I hear when I hear all this, I think I train three professional athletes. I train the shit out of three professional athletes, and you're right; they do get a lot of down. They get a lot of downtime. But that, but how they spend that downtime is like really important. They don't spend any my my athletes don't spend any time on social media zero, whatever that means, and they don't watch any they don't actually do any screen time um, unless while well, the sun's out, and they never wear shoes. My athletes never wear shoes unless the task they're performing requires shoes, ever, and they train every day. Ah, most days, yeah. Two or three days a month, they don't train. There's some training all every, like almost every day. Yeah, it's interesting. And they and they do spend a lot of time outside. Hours every day. Fuck, I might be the greatest trainer that ever lived, and I don't even know it yet. Holy shit! You remember when I when I first started writing for the Morning Chalk Up? I, I want I asked to write an article about what you're doing with those athletes. Yeah. And they said they wanted to send a better writer than you to do it. You weren't good enough to uh, capture that's not what they said, but it was never going to happen. <laughs> they said, dude, it's so profound what he's doing over there, Brian. You're just not good enough. No, I mean, I was I was paying attention back then and I was watching. I was like, this what he's doing with these kids is uh, is really it's it's unique and it's cool. And it, I think that it's something that people should be aware of and, and give some thought to. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> Uh, at least Miss Elise Riddell, your athletes sound like my three athletes. Good, yeah. It's just, it's just straight. And I, and the thing is, like, I think back to my childhood. Like, <clears throat> we were outside all the time. We weren't, we weren't maybe training this, the disciplines that you have your kids in, but <clears throat> we'd come home from school, and the neighbors' kids would come over, and we would be just playing outside. And if we weren't playing outside, we were going to sports practices and doing those things, and just you know, active every day. Chris, uh, this dude has six kids. <clears throat> Chris, you have six kids. Wow. Are you having fun this morning? Yeah, it's cool. This is cool. It's better than what I would have. It's good that you're on here. It's better than what I would have talked about. I would have brought myself like I got to get myself in a tizzy. I saw the the B boy gravity. And I was like, I got it. I got to listen to this one. And uh, Dude, I would be writing and listening to it otherwise. But uh, I, I was like, Oh no, he's not. He's by himself. Let's just I, see. And I don't even know if you'd see the comment. Um, I watched so much of his content. And it was in it um, that he's put out, and it's so good. And man, he's a vulnerable man. And he's a, what a powerful, powerful human being he is. And he's going, and it looks like he's going to the Olympics. You know, he went to Kamala Harris's house for that hip hop party. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Hey, that being said, I, I was talking about about how Tia was saying thank you, thank thank you to uh, she should say thank you to the affiliates. I, I do want to say this too, and and like fuck, everyone should go pile into her DMs and and tell her this. This her coming back, she says this great line in there, Brian. Man, she's such a competitor. She says, um, um. Hold on. She basically, everyone knows that I'm impatient. And she, um, and she's not rushing the process, but she rather, this is her explanation. I'm not rushing the process, meaning the process of coming back from birth, growing a child in her and birthing a child. I'm not rushing the process to get back out onto the field, but I'm seeing what, is possible and there's a little bit of a cool mental gymnastics there but i'm digging it i'm feeling her and the fact that she's doing this i'm not saying she's i'm not saying she (laughs) what the hell is that i don't know i'm not saying she's doing it for us but the fact that we get to see her compete against laura is probably the most exciting thing the more and more I get my head wrapped around it in the, in the sport that I can remember ever. And maybe you could pull some stuff out and remind me of different, but I, but off the top of my head, this is the most excited I've ever been about a competition. And I'm very, very thankful that her and her and Shane are doing it. Very thankful. It's cool. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things where you can't, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can necessarily plan the timing of it. Like she could have, you know, she could have given birth in February and she may not have been able to do the open, so we couldn't have seen her do the game six months later just because of the timing right. of things. Right. So this one just happens to work out really well where it's a it's an elite competition that she's won multiple times before. <clears throat> she's the best that we've ever seen to do that competition. And it's an invitational. So she doesn't have to qualify. Her credentials speak for themselves. They can invite who they want to. There's yeah. an open spot. They yeah. invited her. So it's like kind of lined up in a way that you can't plan otherwise. Most of the athletes that we have seen come back and compete from pregnancy has been at the CrossFit Games. However, this past weekend, we saw Brianna Wallen coming off of giving birth to twins nine or 10 months after giving birth to those. And so, yeah, the the women in this sport are pushing that boundary more and more. You know, we saw Cara Saunders and Annie Thor's daughter do it like 12 and 14 months after birth and competed at very, you know, basically the highest level. Wallen just did it a little bit shorter time domain. She was finishing the top 10 against, you know, a decent field of competitors there. And now Tia's trying to do it in basically six months time. And so she is, she is testing the, or pushing the boundaries in a way that we haven't seen yet at the highest level. Um, and there was the other lady who just had birth too. She, um, at the crash crucible, Haley Maria, Haley Maria. And I had forgotten that, um, that lady that was on Tommy Hackenbrook's team, her last name is Lindsay. I always want to call her first name Lindsay. She's breastfeeding in between uh, semifinal uh, events. But going back to the Tia Toomey piece, she's bringing what, – what is she? She has five, five, six, six what? victories, CrossFit Game Championships. Oh, yeah. She's bringing her six CrossFit Game wins with her. Like this is kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity. We're not going to see ever the greatest ever step away from the sport, have a kid, and then compete right away with the person who won when they were out. I mean, it's it's wild, dude. 
It is fucking wild. It doesn't get any better than that. Can you think she of a better? She hasn't lost an in-person competition since 2016. That's what she's putting on the line. Yeah, it's so much. Hey, are, are, is this the most interested you've ever seen been in a competition? Can you think of any other two athletes? You well, ever I'm probably not. One? I don't know if I'm the fairest person to ask that to. I have a high level interest in a lot of them, but yeah, it is. It's super. Compare compelling. it to something. Compare it to something. What would be? I would be less interested to see Matt and Rich compete now. To be honest with you, it's been too long. I wouldn't. I wouldn't add. I wouldn't put any. I wouldn't put any weight on who won. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm. First of all, I'm. Yes, I have a tremendous interest in both of the fields at Rogue. I actually don't think that uh, Emma Lawson is out of the conversation to win the Rogue invitation. I, I agree. I agree. And I don't. The, the men, I just can't wait to see Rick. Is is Velner going to Rogue? Yeah, and I think there are Velner at Ricky least. I think there are at least five men that could win the Rogue Invitational. So it's wow. you know, to me, this is this is probably the, the most excited I've been for rogue ever just because of, of the, of those two things is that I think they're, you know, Oh, and when it went, you know, in the past, anytime that Tia showed up to compete, it was like, okay, Tia's going to win and we'll see what goes from there. And, you know, for the last couple of years, like the winners of the rogue invitation have been Fraser, Vellner, Medeiros, Medeiros, like fairly predictable. You know, Fraser wasn't in the field when Vellner won. Vellner got second year before he won. Medeiros won both, both years. He was coming off the games championship. It's kind of expected. Yes, it was close last year. But this year, it's like, you know, Adler's coming off the win. But Roman injured on the last day. Ricky wasn't there because, he, you know, he'd hurt himself. Vellner came within two reps of winning this thing last year. You know, Chandler Smith's always been in the, his, his performances at rogue are always better than they are at the games. And he just come off his best finish ever at the games after taking second last year. So to me, it's super compelling. Well, I mean, Heidi is just like, uh, first of all, we should definitely not discount Emma Lawson and what she's done up to this point in her career. Um, you know, I, I think that it would be a little bit silly to, to put the, that past her, but we just don't know. Like we have no idea how Toomey's body Dude, is. Emma can so win. Emma can so win. And if you know, if you think that that's true, what Heidi said, then you would have to say the same thing about Laura. Uh, Heidi Kroom, you're high if you think Lawson is beating Toomey. Are you high, Brian? I uh, know. So you'd have to say that you'd also think that you're high if you're gonna, um, if Laura's gonna beat Toomey in that regard, because it's just like we we don't know what's gonna happen with Toomey. My my belief is that she would not be going to compete there if she didn't think a that she could last the competition, and and believe that with a lot of confidence, and b that she could win it. If she didn't, I think I really think if she didn't think she could win it, that she wouldn't show up. It doesn't mean she's going to. Thank you, Julian. That's awesome. Uh, Ju Julian, I think it's Julian. Is it a boy okay. or a girl? If it's a boy, it's Julian. How do you pronounce uh, Miranda Alcaraz's husband's name? Julian. Okay. If it's a girl, it's Julian. Okay. That's not true. That's what if it's true. like uh, if you're born in that California, guy who hangs Julian, but if you're born in Baja, California, it's Julian. Yeah, maybe that's more accurate. Because the guy who hangs out with the buttery bros, he I think his name is Julian. I think it's, pre it's preference. Like, I met a person the other day who spells her name A-N-D-R-E-A. -E How would you pronounce that name? Spell it again for me. A N D R E A. Uh, Andrea. Not Andrea. If she wanted me to. Yeah, it just you know you, it's like I asked Peter the other day. How do you say the word C E L T I C? Celtic. Well, what what is the team NBA team that plays in Boston called? Celtic. 
So let us know, Julie and Julian. Uh, I bought a sweater and the shirt from Be Friendly. Sweater. Isn't still a sweater. What are you fucking It's a crew neck sweater, I think is what it's actually sweater. called on there. Let me see that sweater. He doesn't sell sweaters. Be friendly. Oh, the store is closed, I think. Really? I don't know. I just clicked on it and it says it's closed. Be friendly fitness uh, store. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Is it closed? Yeah, that, I got closed too. Huh? Missed the pre sale. The store is currently closed. Limited, limited stuff. That's bullshit. Uh, sweater. You can get a sweater. You got a sweatshirt. Sweater. You got a, you got a shawl there too. Yep. Uh, read and red. Red and read. Uh, how do you say this word right here, Brian? Uh, both. I would. I, I think in different contexts, it's like it's like uh the, the Caribbean. I, I only the know Caribbean. one way. What are the pecan or pecan? Pecan pie. I've heard people say that. Oh, pecan. Yeah, I'll have some pecans. Yeah, pecan pie, pecan. Wow. I feel like, like a lit- literally in those two instances, I would say them differently. Pecan pie. I'll have a handful of pecans, and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the Caribbean. I'm gonna watch the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I love the word exercises. Not the word exercises the word exercises oh right <laughs> uh i might as well finish this, this stuff up this this piece up on tia Toomey when she was on the um interviewed by uh sean and lauren uh she only planned on winning one crossfit games and then going back to work she never planned on winning another one she also said she didn't make any money until she went to the move, oh, sorry, she said she didn't make any money until she moved to the USA, and she, by then she had already won the games twice. And I, so I didn't understand what that meant because she probably won three hundred thousand dollars each time. But what she meant was she, I guess she didn't have a steady stream of revenue. She didn't have like programming or what. I don't know. Does she sell anything? What does Tia sell? Does she sell anything? Books? Uh I think that the, for the athletes, a steady stream of uh, stream of revenue at the top end comes through their their sponsors basically is that they okay. have uh, you know annual contract with whomever is uh, is supporting them and you know there's obviously some kind of agreement there but um you know there this is a real thing that i know uh, that i've heard athletes coaches talk about around the world is that it's really difficult for the international athletes to get the same opportunities in that regard and, to, and therefore to create the sustain, those sustainable financial streams of income internationally as, 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 as it is in North America. Well, now she's doing it. Yeah. And so it's like, if she's saying that that didn't happen despite winning the games twice when she was living internationally, yeah, then it's, you know, it affirms those conversations that I've heard over the past couple of years. Yeah. Probably to even an extreme level. Oh, this this dude Julian. Wow, listen to this. You pronounce it like the dude off the Buttery Bros, Julian. Now I'm really confused because now I'm thinking that this is a guy because it says you pronounce it like dude, like the dude. Because girls wouldn't say the dude, right? So that I don't means know if this I've person, met a girl with that name spelling. That means that this person and a dude doesn't buy a sweater either. Only girls buy sweaters. <laughs> 
I think it's a crew neck sweater. It is a guy. Bailey spelled. says it is a guy. You're a guy. You bought a sweater. That's a beautiful picture, baby. King Julian from Madagascar or Julian. There are no girls named Julian. Julian. I think they'd be oh. like oh, Juliana. Oh, Juliana. I'm so confused. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> My my of course that is, person my of course that itchy. person loves sweaters. My cunt she loves, is itchy. I love she loves itchy clothes. I have to go. I have to uh, Julian. Yeah, that's how it should be spelled. Like Julian. Yeah, that that's half Jewish, half Armenian. Julian. All right. Fikowski. I'm having. I'm having, I had such a good time this morning. Thank you. Oh, good. That was easy. All right, I have to go. I'm a training begins. I, I fuck. I, dude, my whole identity changed in this show. It did. Yeah, I, I'm a fucking world class coach, manager, everything. I didn't realize any of those things about me. Make a post about that later on. I didn't even. I didn't know until uh, one day or two ago that you were black. What would I? Thank you. Everyone knows that though. You're just slow to the game. You just use your eyes. That's why you're shallow. You only use your eyes. Listen, you Thank think you. I should you think I should make a post where I talk to the camera and be like, hey, I'm the world's greatest manager? Yeah, one and, of those where you're just like coach. walking around. You yeah, know, you have the phone yeah. there, you just do your authentic thing. It's gonna pop into your head at some point today. Just pull out the phone and do it. People will love it. I'll love it. I'll even give you a like. Thank you. Uh Sevon is classifying all humans as awesome. Sevon is God. Seven is God. I think I think five is man, six is Satan, and seven is God. Interesting profile picture selection. Very interesting. Very interesting. This person emails me too, and I can't quite figure out. I thought I knew who it was, but I don't. You know, it's like in the in Dave's weekend review last week. He said, uh, "Hey, this I can't remember who it was, but can you can oh. you like reach out to me? I want to put a face with a name." Yeah. Here. That person who who writes to Dave trolls all the accounts. I think we blocked him from this show. He said some crazy shit one time. He's got a crazy um handle. It's like shoot up the club or something. Yeah, I don't think it's quite that crazy, but it was it did stand up. It's crazy. Okay. Uh all right. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. I'll see you later. Okay. You're save you were savior today. If anyone says anything different about you, let me know. I won't let you know, but all right, thanks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Brian friend. Comes on, saves the show. Chase Ingram, caught off guard. Didn't mean to save the show. Helped save the show. Um, oh, yeah, it is shoot the club up. I, did, I, don't, I didn't block him. I assume he was blocked. He used to be in here being a douchebag all the time. Bye-bye, vatos. Carnal. Adios. Ese.